we just got done recording with the Mark Munoz, um, former middleweight UFC fighter, all-around badass. What was his fighting nickname again? The Filipino Wrecking Machine. Oh my gosh, yeah. So we just got done interviewing him, and that was awesome. That yeah, was we such love I mean, he, I can't even, he needs to write an autobiography for people to know his story. So you guys are going to be able to hear at least a smidgen of how he got into the world of fighting and just the things that happened in his life that led him to go in that direction. It's just a really good story. Yeah. He's just, uh, he even mentioned it. Um, you know, he was voted the nicest guy in the UFC which is, you know, you even joked about is a funny thing, right? Because you just assume, or he, I mean, he made this comment saying that you assume, you know, fighters are just really tough, maybe a little bit edgy, a little bit mean. And he's just an Ali. There could be a nicer person. Yeah. He's just the coolest guy. Um, and I, I shared the story when, when we first started recording, but it was really funny when I, I told the story of how, you know, when I asked him if I could get a picture with him, you know, one of the last years he spoke at the combine, and just like what he did and suggested the picture be was just hilarious to me. Cause I'm like, a lot of fighters wouldn't have done what he did. And I'm like, Oh, all right, cool. And I just kind of roll with it. It's funny too. Cause if you see my fighting stance, it's not a fighting stance. It's, it's pretty shameful in that picture that I have. <laughs> it's like, so to describe the picture, what did he have you do? So, okay. Yeah. So you'll hear the full story in the episode, but basically uh, I said, Hey man, can I, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I had heard people in the past say they would ask these fighters that they took pictures with, hey, can I put you, the fighter, in a headlock or some kind of triangle choke? And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to ever ask a fighter to do that because all these fighters are like, no, there's no way you're, I'm going to let you do that to me. And so I'm like, hey, can I just get a picture? And I said, well, it would be actually really funny if you put me in some kind of headlock or something. He's like, I got a better idea. And then he lays on the ground and puts his hands up like by his face like, oh, please don't hurt me. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? And just, we, everybody around was just dying. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I kind of stood over him like I had knocked him down. Um, <laughs> but even to, to see a guy like that who is, you know, who's been, who is at one point was ranked number five, no, even number two in the world at his weight class, um, wow. just be such a fun, you know, kind person is really cool. And I think you get a better, better understanding of why he is the way he is. Yeah. Um, when you listen to this podcast, when you hear his story of what he went through to get to where he, where he's currently at. So, um, it's a really cool one. I was just, I was honored that he was willing to, to hop on the zoom with us. Yep. yep. Yeah. It was great. A lot of fun and you guys are going to enjoy it. So here is Mark Munoz. Yep. See you. Great. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, you ready? When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard coaches. Coaches. I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life, in their life, in their life. Get this thing, get this thing started. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. And today we have uh, one of the Character Combine favorites. Uh, it's former UFC middleweight the Filipino wrecking machine, Mark Munoz. What's going on, man? <laughs> not much, not much. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Every, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Everything, everything inside of me wanted to try to do like a Bruce Buffer type intro for you, but I've done that in the <laughs> past and I've, I've jacked it up so poorly. That I'm like, I can't, I can't do that to Mark. We like you too much. Oh, it's all good, man. It's all good. You don't need to do that. 
Those, uh, those, days, uh, over. those days are over. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> no pressure then. Hey, before we get started, Deb has some, Deb has some warm-up questions for you. Um, All right. But I do want to share a quick story. Um, the last time that you and I spoke to each other, was we were just talking, I think it was probably 2016, and you came to the Combine. Yep. And I don't know if you remember this, but you know, for myself, I had worked with the Combine at their event for, I think, six or seven years. And for the first, I'd say, five years, I was pretty hesitant to try to take a picture with any guests or really talk <laughs> to any guests. It just wasn't my thing. I just felt kind of uncomfortable about it. But then after, you know, like six and, year six and seven, I felt more comfortable with it. And I saw you talking to Shireen Groover in the uh-huh. lobby up at Folsom High School. And I'm yeah. like, I should, I've seen Mark all these years. I should see if he'd take a picture with me. And so I went up to you and we started talking. And you're like, yeah, man, no problem. And I remember seeing a, 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 classmate, a classmate of mine years ago. Um, he went to a UFC event. And he, I won't mention the fighter's name, but there was a fighter that he wanted to take a picture with. And this guy's like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, the kid I knew, he said, hey, can I put you in a, in a headlock? And this fighter's like, absolutely not. That will never happen. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'll never ask that. But I'm like, hey, Mark, uh, what if you like, put me in a headlock or something? You're like, you know what? I got a better idea. And then you lay on the ground. You could put your hands up, kind of like, don't hurt me. I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> and from that moment on, I'm like, oh, Mark's just the coolest guy. For any, uh, you know, tough UFC fighter to be willing to take that kind of picture, it's like I like this. I like this guy a lot. So I don't, I don't that's funny. Yeah, that's that was, funny. It made me laugh for sure. So. <laughs> There's a. I get. I get. Um, asked that all the time. Can I put you? Can I put you in a rear naked choke? I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. Just yeah. don't put it on tight, man. You know. Yeah. No, no, I can, there's no way I would ever ask that question. But even if I thought about putting it on tight on you, I can't imagine what the repercussions would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd kind of snap, I kind of snap into my stage name. Yeah. <laughs> machine. Yeah, man. I'm, but I enjoy watching you from the outside. I have no desire of being in that octagon with you. So, anyways. <laughs> man. Oh, man. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Deb has some warm up questions for you. Get get this thing going. All right. You ready? I got three questions for you. All right. First question: Are you? Would you prefer breakfast, lunch, or dinner if you could choose one meal to eat all day? Oh, uh, breakfast for sure. Okay. I'm a breakfast. I love breakfast. What kind of breakfast food? Um, so right now I'm kind of going on the paleo diet. Um, so I'm, I'm eating, uh, egg whites and then any vegetables, either spinach or, um, bell pepper. And then my carb is, um, is sweet potato. And then I'll have like blueberries, strawberries, or raspberries. So that's, that's my go-to breakfast. Nice. That, that sounds, sounds good. Delicious. That sounds really good right now. I'm so yeah. hungry, man. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah. Lunchtime right now, man. I know. I know. I, I forgot to grab something. So that sounds delicious. Hey, <laughs> hey, you can have breakfast all day. That's her question. That's that's <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, too, right? That's um, awesome. Good one. All right. Question number two. What is your biggest fear? Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Man. Um. My biggest fear, I guess, I guess my biggest fear would be um, not uh, the fear of not um, having somebody I love know that I love them Mm. or, or me to be loved. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. So. Um, that's why I, I mean, 
my kids are like, ah, oh, dad, get off of me. Cause I hug them all. My kids, them all. they're like, ah, oh, dad, stop. I'm like, no, give me. It. And then they like, whenever I try to hug them or kiss them, they're like, oh, they're trying to push me away. <laughs> I just want a hug for my daughter. You know? So uh, that's, I, I think that would be my biggest fear for sure. That's a good one. Yeah. And thanks. You gotta, yeah, you gotta let your kids know that they're loved and you embarrass them at the same time. It's like a two oh, for one. For sure. That's, that's what I do best. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, so our last, my last question is a signature oh, question. That I you ask, know. I'm sorry. Oh, that I ask every single guest. Um, okay. I call it my life song question. So if you could pick a song that would be like your theme, your life, your, uh, I always butcher that. I ask this question like a thousand different times and I haven't mm -hmm. found a reason to ask it yet, but I guess what is your life song? If you can think of a song that's like the theme of your life, that's already a song that's already out and recorded right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that. This is the first time I've ever gotten this question. Um, that's a very good question, Deb. Um, let's see. I'd have to pick one song. Um, who? Wow. I usually, uh, okay. I usually stump people on this one. You're not the first to be. You. Yeah, <laughs> you, you are stumping me, but um, I mean, it's hard because I, I, I act differently in different situations, right? So, you know, in the octagon, it would be Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> when, yeah when i'm in my when I'm with my wife it's all my life by casey and jojo <laughs> when, <laughs> when, um, when i'm with my kids is it's um um uh turn around you know that song turn around every you know so like um so yeah i mean i guess it would be different for different aspects of my life you know if you could do like, you could do like a mashup of all three of those songs and that could be your life song. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll have you, I have you DJ for me. Be get on the, get on the one and twos for me. I have you do that for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> good job. That was good. Yeah, Josh, Josh, I can't hear you. I see your mouth moving. Oops. His audio is not working. Is Hold that? on. There we go. Hear me? All right. Yeah. Yeah, you muted us, man. You muted us, man. What happened? Your answer was too good. It, it flustered me. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I would love to. I would love to hear uh, "Eye of the Tiger" go into um, all my life. That would. I think that would be a great, a great mix. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would. Be yeah, I think so. I think everybody would be confused. But I'll, I'll say this, man. I think you're the first person who was able to give us multiple songs for that. With specific, usually they struggle just to give us one, but you had specific songs for each uh, for each group of people in your life. That's pretty good. Yeah, man, I'm a I'm a I'm a kind of a music genre connoisseur, I guess. Okay, <laughs> it's it's good. <laughs> I like music. music. Cool. Yeah, cool. that was good. Good job. Yeah. Well, you survived the warm up question, so the hard part is over. There you. Go. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Now, now. Now I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Now, now we're now we're moving. Yeah, I'll, I'll loosen up. <laughs> so um, we like to start off with everybody. It feels like a silly question for you, but um, take us back, kind of back in your life, and and tell us what your athletic background was and and how it led you to the world of MMA. Oh, 
I'm going to be fairly long-winded here. That's all uh, right. That's why we had you on. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, growing up in Vallejo, California, it's like we, there in Vallejo, there was um, all the major sports, right? Basketball, football, baseball. Um, those were the big three. And um, anytime, you know, I, the the recess bell would ring in elementary school, I ran to the basketball court and played basketball. Um, you know, and I, and I love playing basketball. And so I, I did that for a large part of my life. Um, and then um, even on, uh, even when I was in fourth grade, I even played football in the fourth grade. So um, I did that a lot. Um, and uh, I played, I played baseball every now and then, but I didn't play it as much as I did um, um, basketball and football. So, um, but in the eighth grade, I, uh, I got some Jordans for Christmas in the eighth grade. And um, I was walking down the hallway. And as I was walking down the hallway during a passing period in, in eighth grade, I heard somebody to, I heard um, a group of people to the right of me um, and one guy saying, Hey, yo, break yourself off for them Jays. And I was like, Whoa, break yourself let me walk away from this you know so they were actually verbally bullying verbally bullying me for my shoes you know and so um so that didn't make me feel good right and so um and what verbal bullying is is anything that comes out of your mouth that's a threat or an insult to hurt somebody's feelings right so that's that's what they were doing to me so i just walked away from that and then uh there was an open gym um probably about you know a couple weeks later um, where there was basketball on one side of the gym and then there was volleyball on the other side of the gym. Well, I love to play both sports. Um, so as I was playing basketball, I, I actually took off my Jordans and put them in, put them in my backpack and hid them, hid them underneath a bleacher uh, because, you know, I didn't want them to get uh, stolen or, you know, I didn't wear them because I wanted to keep them fresh and clean, right? So – um, didn't want any scuffs on him. So, um, so, uh, so I hit him underneath the bleacher and then I put him back on as I walked home. Well, as I walked home, um, there's, there's this pathway that had a chain link fence on one side and a brick wall on the other side. And as I was walking down this pathway, I hear people behind me, which I hear people all the time. And as I was walking, uh, there's a group of people that started running. And so I looked behind me and I was like, Oh wow, they're running. And so, um, and then I looked back again, they were looking at me and not in a nice way. And so I took two steps, but they're already about eight to nine feet away from me. And so they shoelace tackled me and beat me up and, and, um, pulled the very things off my feet, you know? So, um, I got beat up and physically bullied for my, for my shoes. So, um, so that was, that was one thing that happened to me. And I, you know, going through that, I felt, man, I felt I felt angry. I felt, I felt ashamed. I felt, I felt fearful and, you know, and, and, you know, as I pushed, as I tried to push my way up, I got kicked in the face. I got uh, punched in the back of the head. And then as I woke up and I don't know how long I was um, out for it, but I woke up in a pool of my own blood. And so I walked home and my parents were still working. And as I got home, there was nobody home. And so I was, cleaning my face just making sure like I looked 
I guess halfway presentable, but I had a big old black eye and a road rash on my, on my left side of my face. Um, and then, uh, um, my dad came home and says, Hey, Mark, what happened? But I was so ashamed that I didn't want to tell him what happened. Um, you know, and so I, you know, I felt like if I told him what happened, then, you know, then that would, you know, I'm, I, I kind of wanted to suppress it and keep it within and not tell anybody, you know? And so that's what I did. And I told my dad, I said, dad, I was playing in the backyard and I fell and somebody fell on top of me. And this is what I got on my face. He goes, wow, man, you dumb. Don't do that ever again. <laughs> you know? And so he told me that in Tagalog, which is, you know, Filipino, my, my culture. Um, he's like, don't do that again. And I'm like, oh, sorry, dad. Sorry, dad. So I didn't tell him. Right. And so I faked being sick for three days, you know, and so I'm going to give you a statistic here. There's over 160,000 students that get bullied every day in the United States of America. That's every day, you know, and so um, I was actually one of those 160,000 students that got bullied. Um, so, and um, those 160,000 students are fearful to go to school the next day. And so I was one of those students and I didn't want to go to school so I faked being sick for three days finally on the third day my dad felt me on my forehead felt me on my cheek he goes you're not sick go back to school and I'm like no dad I'm sick dad I don't want to go to school right <laughs> so so he's like go to school and so I went to school and when I went to school I was I was looking down on the ground just going from class to class because I felt like if I looked somebody in the eye that they saw me and I didn't want to be seen, I wanted to be invisible um, because I was fearful that was going to happen to me again. So I was looking down and making sure that I was going to class to class. And then during one, one time at um, lunch period, um, I went to a classroom where I knew it was open. So I went to a classroom. I just started doing my homework there. And then a friend of mine came in and he goes, man, Mark, man, where are them J's at? And I'm like, ah, oh, dang. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like telling him. So I was like, you know, I, I didn't feel like wearing my J's today. And he, and he kept asking me, he goes, man, where them J's at, man? Because if I had some J's, man, I'd be wearing them every day. I'd be like, hey, yo, man, look at my J's, man. They sick, huh? So then he kept saying that, kept saying that. And then finally he just kept asking. And I just got this like, oh, just, just welling up emotion in my chest started like to like a volcano right <laughs> and finally for the last time he like asked me I just exploded like a volcano and I clenched my fist and I looked him dead in the eye and had to look down because he was like five inches shorter than me um I was like hey man I didn't feel like one of my days today you know and I was like and uh, he's like bro calm down he was looking up at me calm down dang dude chill all I want to know where your jays were at and I'm like and I, cause I got mad and I didn't want to tell him. And he's like, man, dude, chill out. What's wrong with you? And I, and so I, I told him and as I was telling him, his face dropped and, uh, he put his arm around me and, and said, man, I got your back. Right. And then I, then I shrugged him off and I was like, dude, you didn't have my back, man. You're not going to have my back 24 and seven, dude. You weren't there when I got, when I got bullied, when I got jumped, you weren't there, you know? And so, and he goes, man. And he looks up at me, he goes, man, you need to learn how to wrestle. <laughs> I go, wrestle? Man, you guys wear tight leotards and touch each other in funny places. Man, I'm cool with that, right? <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, 
his 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 friends were laughing in the background and he got offended and um i was like that's just what you do homie i'm i'm gonna keep playing football and keep playing basketball he goes he goes man i bet you i can take you down in 10 seconds i said yeah right you're barely 100 pounds five foot nothing and i'm five foot six 160 pounds that's at the time right so <laughs> and uh and and he goes i bet you i could take it down in 10 seconds i said yeah right so so we go outside in the hallway and i'm like and i'm like breaking down in my stance and i'm wiggling my fingers like i'm gonna do magic to him or something right <laughs> and uh he shoots in two seconds flat picks me up and slams me on my back and I've been wearing a tie leotard ever since. <laughs> but, but it's not called a leotard. Awesome. It's called a singlet. Called yeah, a there you go. Yeah. So it, it's not called a leotard. It's called a singlet. But, yeah. but um, I was like, man, if it gives me superpowers like that, man, I, I want that. Right? And so mm -hmm. I go home. And I go, Dad, um, I, um, I want to wrestle. And he goes, oh, you want to wrestle? Okay. You want to wrestle, you're going to wrestle the first day and the last day and every day in between. Mm. Okay. You're not going to quit. Okay. And then after the season's done, then we'll, we'll talk about it if you still want to do it. And I go, okay, that's fine. So I go to the first day of wrestling practice and the coach is teaching double legs. You know, so we, we warm up and then we warm up and you stretch and stuff. And then we start drilling double legs and I'm like, sweet. We're feeling the same move that James Boutain hit on me, man. I can't wait to hit this back on him, man. I'm going to slam him on his back and be like, yo, what's up? Right? <laughs> and uh, so I was like, I'm drilling in. I'm like, yeah, this is what James did to me. And I'm like slamming guys and putting them on their back. But they're letting me do it to him, right? Mm -hmm. So cause that's what drilling is. So, um, so then uh, uh, after about, I guess, about 30 minutes, the coach goes, all right, guys, time to go live. And I'm like, I am alive. What does that yeah. mean? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the guy I was drilling with said, no, 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 man. Live means we both go 100% like in a, in a wrestling match. I'll go, oh, okay, cool. All right. So then um, he gets in on the double. He goes, I go, who goes first? He goes, I'll go first. I go, okay, cool. So he gets in on the double leg and because the, the coach says, all right, you're in on the double leg. You go live on the whistle, right? And I'm like, he gets in on the double leg. I'm like, oh, wait, I don't know how to defend this shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, what do yeah. I do? What do I do? <laughs> so, so then uh, whistle blows, and I'm like, oh, shoot. So I'm trying to push his head away. He picks me up and slams me on my back, and I'm like, oh, shoot. This thing <laughs> goes the way I wanted it to go, right? And so I'm trying to get up, and he's cross-facing and turning me to my back and I'm like wait wait I, I don't know if I like wrestling anymore right <laughs> so then so then I proceeded to get beat up that whole practice right and I'm like gosh man this sucks so the very next practice <laughs> very next practice I'm I'm home right because I'm thinking to myself um I, I don't want to wrestle anymore right so so I'm home and my dad comes home, and he comes home early from work, and it's about 4.30, right? He usually gets around home around 5. You know, he's home early, and he, and, he, and he looks at his watch, and he looks at me dead, and he goes, hey, Mark, 
it's 4.30. Aren't you supposed to be at practice? He goes, what, what's going on? I go, uh, dad, um, and I'm like kicking my feet on the ground and I'm like looking down and kind of like grasping my, grasping my hands and with my head down, I'm like, uh, dad, uh, uh, I don't feel like wrestling anymore. He goes, what? <laughs> then he took he looked me dead in the eye. He's like, he took me by the arm, drug me to the car, pushed me into the car, slammed the door, drove to the school, and presented me in front of the coach and says, hey, Coach, <laughs> coach Minahan, Mark Munoz is here. See you later. I walked out. I'm like, ah, oh, dang, Dad. It's almost over, right? Yeah. Practice is almost over. So I actually had to do had to do fifty bodybuilders, which are a burpee with a push up and a and a squat jump, right? And so oh, I had to do fifty of those, right? Oh. Because I didn't, didn't work out that day, right? Yeah. And so and so my dad made it the point made it a point for me to go to practice every day, right? And so he goes, you're going to finish what you start, son. You're not going to quit. And I'm like, ah, shoot. Dang. Right? Yeah. So so by the end of the year, I started, and I'm in eighth grade. By the end of the year, I started going with all the um, older upperclassmen guys that were like seniors that were on varsity. And I started doing pretty well, you know. And so, um, and then fast forward by the end of my senior year, I was a two-time state champion, a high school national champ. I, I take second at the uh, junior worlds, um, and I take first at the nationals, and then I, and then I get a full ride scholarship to Oklahoma State University. Right. So, let's backtrack though. When I first started wrestling, when I, but when I when I when I decided to wrestle, I got jumped from my my Jordans. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I always talk about that your life experiences shape and mold you into who you are and who you become, right? But even more importantly, your life choices do that, you know? And then I'm not talking about your choices like, like, um, what brand of toothpaste am I going to use, Crest or Colgate, you know? Or uh, uh, should I eat orange today? No, I'm not talking about those choices. I'm talking about character choices like, who do you, who do you want to, who do you surround yourself around? Who are your friends? You know, because I can tell a lot about who you are by the friends you surround yourself with, right? Um, also, um, by what you decide to put into your minds at night. What are you watching on TV? What do you, what books are you reading? What are you searching up on the internet? You know, so, because whatever goes into your mind will come out into your actions and behaviors, right? So, um, always, I talk about those those types of things, and um, and uh, you know, for me, when I when I went through it, and just looking back, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful that that happened because I wouldn't be who I am today, you know. And so, um, so I get a full ride scholarship to Oklahoma State University, and uh, there I was there. I'm on the all time winning list. I'm in the top five on the all time winning list at winning list at Oklahoma State. And at Oklahoma State, they they um, they uh, what was was the word? Um, they they have the most 
NCAA team championships, national championships, mm-hmm. any program in any sport in the nation. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So, so they're the number one wrestling program historically, traditionally in the nation. Um, and also in sport total in NCAA division one college athletics. So that's at Oklahoma state. Um, and I ended up becoming their 121st national champion and multiple American there. And I coached there for three years after I was done. So then, you know, as I was coaching, I thought I was going to be a wrestling coach for the rest of my life. Right. So then I get an offer at UC Davis, um, for a job to be a coach. And I'm like, Ooh, that's close to my hometown. That's literally like 22 miles away from my hometown. And I'm like, and, and I have a wife, uh, three kids, one on the way, you know, and I'm like, I need to start thinking about my profession, what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, right? So I was like, man, I would love to be a college wrestling coach, right? So so here I am, coach for Oklahoma State for three years, and then I get a job at UC Davis where we, we start building a program, and um, we end up getting our first NCAA national champion there in Derek Moore. But um, but as we were as I was there, I met this guy by the name of Uriah Faber. Mm-hmm. Uriah yeah. Faber, California kid, and I don't know what it is about me meeting shorter people telling me what to do. <laughs> but but he's like, "Hey, homie, dude, you should fight." I'm like, I said, "No, man, I'm teaching, coaching, getting my master's. I got a wife, three kids, one on the way." Dude, I don't have any time. And he goes, man, he goes, you'll be able to make a lot of money in this. And then he goes, man, I just won 500 bucks for two minutes inside the octagon. <laughs> I mean, inside the coach. Yeah. I go, 500 bucks for two minutes? I mean, put it like that, that's great. But you've been training for three months. I mean, me, three months, 500 bucks, that's not going to, that's not going to, you know? Yeah, I got plenty to know, you know, and so, so he just he was just getting into it, and this and this MMA was kind of brand new back then, right? And so, you know, as as we start going through it, he he was coaching with me. So Uriah, just just to tell you about Uriah, he um, he's from the Sacramento area, Sacramento area. Yeah, he would be great at the Carrot Combine, by the way. So oh, we uh we had him we had him one year I think it was one of our last years he did a Q and A it was awesome yeah dude he's amazing he's great. yeah he's a brother from another mother man I love that yeah, we love you Ryan. yeah yeah so anyways um when he started out and this is my first year coaching there and he just graduated from UC Davis he was waiting tables um he was working at a nightclub he was working at UC Davis wow. training training to be a mixed martial artist and um and he was doing something else like he was doing he was hustling yeah and he, dude you need to you need to find him like dude i can't bro like <laughs> i can't do what you're doing bro i can't do it right and so i coached him his first five fights uh four or five fights um before he got called up to the wc and then and then, then that's when I started. Then that's uh, actually here's here's how it happened. He's like, "Hey, bro, you need to fight." And I go, "No, man, I'm a lover, man, not a fighter, dude. I can't. 
all this stuff going on, man. I, and he goes, um, well, why don't you come to my gym and start training? I said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll come and just get a good workout in. So I would do that every now and then. And, and, um, you know, I'd train and do some kickboxing and then do some jujitsu. And I loved it. It was great. It was a lot of fun. And then, um, uh, Randy Couture ended up coming to Sacramento area. Uh, Cause he ended up having his camp here and, uh, he brought out, um, so it was Randy. He brought out uh, Tito Ortiz, Quinn Rampage Jackson, Frank Trigg, um, Irvin Scott Smith, um, and there was another guy there. But but there was like the who's who of the UFC at the time. I was like, man, dude, these guys are killers, man. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude. And so I'm like watching, and you know, and and then um, uh, we're drilling and stuff, and then and then. Um, you're right. I was like, and, and we were actually training at uh, a college called Sierra College. It was yeah. just, yeah. It's just, That's where I went, yeah. Yeah, Sierra College. So yeah. we, we ended up training there for a little bit inside the wrestling room. And, and uh, you're right. I was like, all right, time far. And I'm like, ooh. So, because I was drilling with them and I'm like, oh, okay. Let me fade away in the shadows and like you know, kick up my feet, kick up my feet and like, get some popcorn and a soda man I can't watch this right yeah and you're right around the corner with a pair of gloves pair of shin guards and a headgear is going and he goes hey bro can you do me a favor i said heck no <laughs> i ain't sparring with these killers <laughs> no, man, I'm doing that he goes bro you'll be fine trust me all you gotta do is double jab double leg you'll be fine i'm like double jab what is that I'm like <laughs> I do that and like, and like, and like, shoot a double leg. I shoot a double leg all day, but man, dude, I don't want to get kicked or punched in the face, man. I'm good, bro. He goes, bro, you'll be fine. Trust me. The long story short, I put on these gloves and I'm like, dude, we're supposed to hit each other with these gloves. They're like gloves barely covering your knuckles. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then shin guards, like their shin guards are so like thin. I'm like, dude, there's barely any padding on these on these things and we're supposed to punch each other with these and then he gives me this headgear well this headgear was like at the time i swear it was like a hundred times as big as my head right and so I'm like he goes bro you'd be fine with this right so i'm like bro how am i supposed to see through this like it's a headgear and like i can only see through this little bit this little uh yeah. <laughs> uh space through the through the headgear i'm like bro how am i supposed to see through this right so anyways um I put it on. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? And he's like, all right, guys, everyone get a partner. So everyone gets a partner except for one guy. And that one guy is Randy Couture. Oh, no. <laughs> and, no. Randy Couture, oh. And, Randy, and Randy was actually getting ready for uh, to fight Tim Sylvia to defend his belt. And I'm like, oh, bro. Like, what am I? Hey, I know, baby. Oh. <laughs> We have, a, we have a fourth guest on the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're so good. Anyway, so anyways, um, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Randy Couture ends up being my partner. I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude. And your eyes like, hey, double jab, double leg, you'll be fine, homie. I go, bro, bro, um, dude, I'm, um, I'm just going to look. I'm just trying to knock him out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, 
that's what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're going to fight, you know? And I'm like, all right, here we go, you know? And so, you know, your sympathetic nervous system is responsible for two things, right? Two responses, right? It's either fight or what? Flight. Fight. Yeah. I, ha- I didn't have any wings, so I wasn't flying out of that gym. So I was like, man, it's time <laughs> to choice. fight, boy. You know, so, and yeah. so, and that's, that's what happened. And you're, I was like, all right, guys, time to go. Let's spar, right? And so I was like, okay. And and I I mean I'm looking I'm looking over across from me and I see Randy Couture jumping up and down and shadow boxing and here I am like touching my toes and like stretching like this. I'm like, oh dude, this bro terrified. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. It's gonna be him, not me, right? And so I'm like, I'm swinging for the fences, right? And I'm like and he's like bobbing and weaving and like ducking my punches. And I swear, like I swung so hard, I parted his eyebrows, right? <laughs> he's like, he's like oh, right? And he, he clinches me. He clinches me and like, and like tries to take me down, but I take him down, right? Yeah. And then Uriah's like, ground and pound. I'm like, what? And so I'm ground and pounding. And, uh, and, and then uh, as I was ground and pounding, because uh, I was going 100%, I was like, raining punches from the heaven right i was yeah i was say donkey kong in them right i was like <laughs> boom boom right and then randy's like hey 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 we don't actually go 100 percent, you know with these small gloves on i got a fight in two weeks against tim sylvia man he goes and i go oh my bad bro i'm sorry i didn't know i didn't know I didn't know. He goes, oh, man. He's like, all right, man, 20% on the punches, but we can go 100% on the grappling. I said, all right, all right. So he gets up, and he clinches me, knees me in the body, elbows me in the chest. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. I thought we were supposed to do this. Right? Anyway, he, we, anyways, long story short, end up having the time of my life. And Randy Randy sat me down. And he says, hey, man, you, you really need to consider doing mixed martial arts. And, and then Uriah comes around and he slaps him in the chest and he goes, see, I told you, homie. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, so then I just like, I was like, all right, all right, I'm all right. This is what I want to do. So wow. I went home and I spoke to my wife and, you know, I was, and I was on the verge of getting my master's. I was, I was, all my career, all my coursework was done. All I needed to do is my thesis, right? Wow. So I put it, I put it on pause and, and I was like, cause I was getting my, I was getting my master's so I could, so I can coach at a, at a division one university. Right. So, so I put that on pause because I started fighting and then, uh, and then about less than a year later, I actually got called up to the UFC. So, wow. yeah, so that's, that's, now I'm known as the Filipino wrecking machine and one of the nicest guys in the UFC. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Man, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that, that was my career. I was actually, um, 15 and six or 14 and six, one of those things, one of wow. fourteen and six and, uh, was uh, ranked in the top five in the world and, um, ranked second in the world at one point. Um, wow. and yeah, so, and then I decided to retire because my son wanted me to coach him. So, um, so I decided to retire from the world of mixed martial arts and focus on my family. And, 
and now my son is um, in college now, and he's uh, he's got his scholarship um, at Arizona State University. Uh, my daughter, my daughter is in Hawaii at a at a college called University of the Nation. She's studying to be a missionary. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. So, and then um, my two younger ones are in uh, volleyball, and my youngest one is actually wrestling now. <laughs> oh, man. So, so she pulled me back in to to coaching, yeah. to coaching. Now I'm I'm probably going to coach high school now with her. So that's awesome. awesome. So, um, so yeah, so that I told you it was going to be a long winded answer, but, um, that's kind of how I started and where I am now. That's great. That's awesome. That's a, a really cool story. Well, it makes a lot of sense too, because I know you're big into the anti-bullying, um, and you've spoken at a lot of schools and stuff like that about that yep. topic. So it makes a lot more sense now. Um, yep. And it's weird too, because I mean, obviously I was at all the combines that you spoke at, but because of, you know, me working with them. I'm running around a lot of times. So I'm catching, you know, pieces here and pieces there of your story. But a lot of times I'm running around and I don't get to hear the full thing. So um, it it makes a lot of sense why you're so passionate about anti-bullying. It's a a critical part of your story for sure. Um, It's just, it's who I am. It's uh, it's happened to me. And, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, and I actually didn't tell one part of that story. Um, I actually, during my fall break at in college, I end up deciding to go home uh, and be home for some of the fall. But um, I heard that there was a big football football game going on as I was home, and so I decided to go to the football game. And as I went to the football game with some of my high school friends, um, I was hungry, so I decided to get like a burger or whatever they had at the um, at the snack bar. As I was at the snack bar there was a there was a guy coming through the gate because the snack bar was right next to the entrance the front gate and as there was a guy walking through the gate um he had he had a baby in his left arm and he was holding his significant other's hand on his other hand right and so he was actually one of the guys that jumped me uh from my shoes wow uh, and uh i saw him from afar, actually, it was probably about 20 yards away. And so, um, so I saw him and there was something in me that where I had to be like, man, I got to go up to him. Right. Yeah, sure. So, so I went up to him and as I was going up to him, we met, we met eye to eye. And as we met eye to eye, he took his baby and gave it to his significant other and looked at me. And it was as if, he wanted to throw down, right? With a baby, jeez. Yeah, with a baby and his and his wife or his significant other, his girlfriend or his yeah. girlfriend, or something, right? But then I stuck my hand out. I stuck my hand out and I said thank you. And uh, he's like, with a confused look on his face, he's like, didn't want to shake my hand. And I and I go, I go, Alex, look, uh, if it weren't for what you did. I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten a scholarship to go to Oklahoma State. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today if that didn't happen to me. So I just want to say thank you. And he slapped me five. And uh, I gave him a hug. And I go, listen, listen, I, I just, you know, I would just want to just squash it and be like, just move on, right? So... 
you know, I'm a man of faith, right? And, and um, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. You know, Easter just passed, right? And so um, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and, you know, to, to forgive, forgive us of our sins, right? And so um, forgiveness is a big part of who I am. And um, I went up to him and I forgave him. And forgiving is not um, uh, trying to brush it underneath the rug and, and, uh, and, you know, when it, when you see that person again, you have all these negative emotions and, and then you want to like, you know, you know, fight or do something negative. Right. What forgiveness is, is letting it go and, um, letting God come into your life and, and, um, replenish, replenish the, the pureness or the, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the self-control, the faithfulness, all that stuff within your heart and soul. So, um, so that's what I did. And, and, um, I still talk to him till this day. It's crazy. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, forgiveness. Yeah, that's, that was a big thing. And, uh, you know, so, uh, for me, like that negative thing happened to me. And at the time I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was fearful, fearful and afraid and, anxious and depressed and and all of those things but but going through life you know and growing up and looking back I, I see it and now it's like that's a big part of who I am and so now I, I'm able to help people and so now this comes around full circle right because now I travel to all these schools around Orange County and some in LA County and San Bernardino County and even some schools out, out in different states and uh, they want me to talk about um, my anti-bullying campaign, you know? And so, and so I'm able to use what happened in my life to impact people in a positive way. And so, um, so yeah, so that's what I do now. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that story. Do you have an autobiography yet? <laughs> no, but someone, someone said uh, they, they wanted, they wanted to introduce me to a ghostwriter. That was years ago, yeah. though. But you should. You should. We I'm telling you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah, you should, because that was like listening to a, t like a, you know, like the audio books, like, yeah. a tid yeah. like what your book would be about. And it's, it's, yeah, you should really consider that. For sure. Oh, wow. I yeah. think we just, we just, it sounds like we just need to find a short person to tell you that you need to write this book. And then. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I know. Yeah. No, right? That's all it takes. We'll, we'll Wait, talk to you, you right after. Are you shorter than me? Well, how tall are you right now? I'm, I'm six foot. I'm six foot. So, <laughs> how tall are you? Same height? How tall are you, Deb? I'm five five. There you go. See that? She's okay. the short person we're looking for. So, <laughs> write that book or get someone to write it for you. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> I think that would be, that would be awesome for Thanks. sure. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah. I have a, a few more questions for you. Um, yep. Well, one, it's interesting because hearing, hearing your story and, and, you know, after you were done at Oklahoma State and then you went on to coach there for a little bit and then you went to UC Davis to coach and now you're coaching your kids. It seems like, I mean, you've been on the path to coach your entire life. Um, yeah. Is this something you've always been passionate about or is it something that you just kind of fell into? How do you, how do you feel about coaching? Oh, uh, man. So I think, I think I've, I've, been fortunate enough to have some great coaches in my life. You know, obviously I had some bad coaches, but, but, um, you wouldn't know the good if you didn't have the bad. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so 
I've had some amazing coaches in my life. And then in college, um, what my college coach, which is John Smith, who is the best American wrestler in the history of wrestling, <laughs> um, either amateur wrestling or collegiate wrestling. He's, he's, um, amazing. Right. So, um, I know there's others, there's others that are, that, that you can argue, but I'm just saying that John Smith is to me the best wrestler. Um, but anyways, um, I, I was fortunate enough to be underneath him. He was a two time Olympic champion, six time world champion. And he did that consecutively without, uh, losing. So, um, so he is an amazing wrestler. So I remember when I got injured as a sophomore, I totally shattered my ankle at a church camp. And um, I was playing football at the time. I was playing football and wrestling at the same time because I wanted to play football too. So, um, and then um, I totally shattered my ankle and I, and I, couldn't, um, I couldn't play football anymore then the doctor said there's still a chance that you can wrestle um, because I shattered my ankle so much that I couldn't continue to pound my foot and run on the turf. And if there was an, if there was a hole in the, in, in the turf or the grass or, and I, and I sprained my ankle, I could have broke my ankle again. So, so uh, the doctor said it would be better if you didn't play football. So I just focused on wrestling. Um, and then I had a great coach there. And then I went to, um, Oklahoma State and um, actually had John Smith like I said and so what John used to do for me was uh, during wrestling camps and this is during the end of the year he would have wrestling camps and he would have me coach um, and teach uh, techniques techniques to high school kids and and that's how actually one of the best wrestlers at Oklahoma State actually came to Oklahoma State which is Chris Pendleton he um he actually came to Oklahoma State because at a camp I actually was showing him some technique and he uh, decided to come. You know that's when I was, um, I guess a sophomore in, sophomore in college, and uh, started coaching people and and um, yeah started started there and then caught the bug when I ended my career um, college career. And he asked me to coach on the team. So I started coaching and ended up coaching and loved, loving it. And then um, felt like this is what I want to do in my life. And so I'm going to study how to be a better coach. And so, I, and so I started to get my master's in sports psychology. And um, nice. that's where I learned how to connect with people even more through their personality type, through their learning style, through their communication style. You know, because a coach has to be all three of those things, has to has to know someone's personality type, has to know their learning style, and has to know how to communicate. Because if you don't know those three things, then you won't be able to get to them, you know. Um, so um, so I, I, learned, I started learning that a little, little bit more and, um, and started loving it and started applying the things I learned from those classes right away into my coaching. And, um, and yeah. So um, that's, that's how I, and I love coaching. I have a passion for it. And so, um, and I'm coaching still till this day, you know? And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I love to do. And it's my passion. And I feel that coaching and parenting <laughs> go hand in hand and teaching, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, 
because you got to know all those things, you know? So you know your child, you got to know your student, you got to know your athlete, you know, you got to know how they work and how they tick and how to communicate to them and, you know, um, all those things. So, um, so yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, coaching is definitely a passion of mine. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, awesome. that's great. Yeah. Um, do you, we, and we always ask this question to all of our guests because it's character combine, but, um, for, for your own definition, and you've kind of already talked about it a lot in terms of character. Yeah. Um, but what, if you could describe character, what is that to you? And why do you think it's important for coaches to teach to their athletes? So there's, there's, I, I believe that, you know, you're, you're already have the character that you have within you. So I, I believe that sport, sport, um, doesn't have you, doesn't have, doesn't make you have good character. It reveals your character. Right. And so, um, and so what you have to do, you know, how I define character is, is, um, how you are when nobody's looking, you know? So what you're doing and what, you know, if you, if you, uh, want to model yourself around positive things and you're going to surround yourself around positive things, if you're going to listen to negative things to music or watch things on TV, that's negative, then that's going to be who you are as a person, you know? And so your character is, is who you are when nobody's looking. Now you can develop good character and, um, you know, people are going to make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I made plenty of mistakes, many, 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 you know, but, um, but it's, it's um, through those mistakes that you learn how to become a better person, a better coach, a better father, a better teacher, a better husband, a, a better, whatever you want to be, you know? And so, um, so making mistakes is all a part of it. And so I tell everybody, I mean, make mistakes, fail, but fail forward. You know, yeah. do the best that you can and sail forward and learn from that. And then, and then you're a lot closer to learning how to do it because you've tried it and then you learn how to do it, you know? And so that's true for everything, not just in sport, you know, like yeah. I'm a wrestling coach, right? And so, um, I have a pet peeve where, where my wrestlers come in and they, and they just do the bare minimum. <laughs> I'm like, you will not to do you will not do the bare minimum because you do the bare minimum you're going to become average you know and average is average if you want to become average that's great but but do you want to become extraordinary and they all say yes right and so i was like okay let's, let's break down what extraordinary is extraordinary is extra ordinary extra everybody's ordinary well, what does it become? What does it take to become extraordinary? You got to do the extra to be or to be extraordinary, right? So, but you define what the extra is, and so if you have trouble technically, you got to spend a little bit more time technically. If you have trouble cardiovascularly, then you got to focus on your cardiovascular shape and conditioning. If you struggle with strength, let's lift some weights. You know, so, you know, everybody can get better, but you just got to point out what your weaknesses are and make them your strengths. You got to refine your strengths and then also um, improve upon your weaknesses. So long, long winded again. I'm sorry. No, but character is, character is, is what you do when, when nobody's watching. 
That's awesome. Um, I like that's a it. good definition. So I'm going to, I want to go, I have a couple of other questions that I thought of uh, a little bit later. Deb, you don't have these questions. These are selfish questions. But, uh, <laughs> hey, so, like I said, a complete, you know, complete 180. But how, I was watching, you know, doing some research for this podcast. I was watching some of your videos uh, online and I saw um, the post fight interview you did when you, your last fight, your retirement fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. How, how difficult is it to do those post fight interviews with all that, like win or like winning or losing like with all that adrenaline, it's gotta be, it seems like it's brutal to do those interviews. Is it tough? Oh yeah. I mean, if I, so I was on the verge of fighting for a world title, like five times, like uh, in my career, it's been, it's been yeah. like that, but, yeah. but it's been like this and then boom, this and then boom, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like wave yeah yeah it's just that wave man it was just up and down but but you know what i mean that's what's going to happen life is like that too you know you're going to have losses in your life you're going to have failures in your life you're going to have rejection in your life you're going to have so many things in your life but you just got to learn how to get back up dust yourself off and get back on the horse and ride again right right so um that's just that's just what life does to you you know and so you got to have resilience and like i said man like um i talk about being rad living a rad life r-a-d right r being resilience a being adversity d being desire Mm -hmm. right so you got to have resilience through your adversity to achieve your desire right so you got to live a rad life right you got to be able to do that man that's that's just what happens and so after big losses and people wanted to interview me i was like oh man I had to like let it go, yeah. Just and just talk about what I learned, just talk, and just yeah. get where props was due and say he did a great job and um, I'm gonna get better. You know, didn't make any didn't make any excuses, but said, man, kudos to him. He did awesome, but now it's time to get better. You know, yeah. And then, uh, um, and then after that fight, I fought, and then after the wins, you're just like at a euphoric high you're like oh my gosh this is amazing right yeah yeah um, and uh you tend to forget what you, what you want to say and you're just <laughs> you're just shooting off the cuff like like just saying what you want to say right you're right so um so i guess like for my for my last for my, my retirement speech i didn't i didn't rehearse it at all yeah um not at all but um, I, by that time I already, I was already speaking at schools. Um, I was I spoke like, you know, about, about four years after four years before I retired. So I, I'm, I was versed at speaking already in front of a crowd. So, yeah. and so, um, you know, I knew already after I found I won, I knew already that I was going to have a speech. So I was like, okay. I'm just going to thank everybody because it was in the Philippines, right? Yeah. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to thank them in Tagalog, which is the native native language there. And then I'm just going to thank everybody else who um, has supported me. And, and um, you know, and that's what, that's what I thought, right? Yeah. And then he, uh, you know, John Anik is a really good friend of mine. I actually did some analyst work with him on fox and and uh he uh just handed me the microphone that's like that's like a no-no 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> being being an analyst, you don't just hand off your microphone and says, "Hey, the microphone is yours." Just go for you know? it. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. You know, like yeah. you just don't do that. You know, yeah. but but he gave it to me and he gave me the floor and right then and there I was just like you know and throughout my whole life even when I even even before I fought I prayed before I fought and I prayed that um that I would um that I go out and um do what I trained to do and that I would fight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he would give me the power strength and and uh, the clarity of mind to go out there and do the things that I do that I train for and that I would give him the glory you know and so um and so when he gave me the microphone, I was like, oh, man, dang it, I got the microphone. <laughs> so, so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I, what I came here to do. And so I thanked the Filipino fans in Tagalog, and they started going crazy. And then, and then I just started speaking. And I don't know what I really spoke about, but I just thanked everybody. And then, um, you know, I, was, and I uh, thanked the UFC. I thanked my my parents i thanked um all my training partners i thanked my gym i thanked everything and and then um you know I, I talked about how the sport of mma shaped me into who i am and then um and then after i was done i was like oh man this is a perfect time to lay my gloves down inside the octagon right no one has no one has ever done this before right and so i was like hey 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 take off my gloves and then my my cornerman can take off my gloves so i was like ah dude let, i'll do it myself right and so i started like, <laughs> feeling all my gloves myself and then and then um and then and then it, there came another kind of um speech in itself and so i laid down the gloves and then and i said um you know i talked about my faith and i thank the Philippines. I thank the United States of America. I thanked everyone that loved me and I laid them down. And I said, and I thank the UFC. And, uh, and I just said, you know, um, I love everybody that's a part of the sport and I love the sport. And, you know, now it's time for me to give my time to my family, you know, and that's why I'm leaving. You know? And so, so boom, that's, uh, that's how it was. And, you know, I, I, um, I never prepared for speeches, <laughs> you know, um, but that one came straight from my heart. Awesome. And um, like you said, like it's, it's hard when you lose, man. It's like, it's a very emotional thing, man. Like when you lose, it's like in MMA or any individual sport, the highs are highs, but the lows are very, very low. Right. Because you have no one to share the pain with, you know, yeah. but yourself, you know? Right. And so, and so it's, it's tough, you know? And so, um, so when I, when I, uh, when I would speak, I just spoke from straight from the heart. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, and so, you know, talking about that, obviously with this health crisis that we're dealing with, yeah. um, I'm going to try to kind of bring all of these different thoughts, you know, together, but you know, obviously uh -huh. you have a lot of people, you know, you have these kids that, you know, like you had mentioned in your story, don't have to go to school. So maybe they're they don't have to deal with the bullying that's happening in person, but with social media, the way it is, it's not like they can hide from it. Right. So yeah. what are, you know, before we, before we let you go, um, so we, don't, we want to be respectful of your time, you know, what are some, maybe some thoughts or words of hope you could share with someone that is maybe dealing with some bullying or dealing with that feeling of being alone, especially during this time when, you know, we kind of mm -hmm. have to be, you know, isolated. Yeah. Um, 
for, yeah, for my message for those that are, um, that are feeling alone or even feeling bullied, uh, during, uh, during this, um, uh, quarantine time, I, I just want to encourage you that if you're getting bullied online or if, if someone is bullying online, all you got to do is press one button and that's block. That's it. <laughs> you know, that's all you, you don't have to engage in anything. You don't have to, you know, you know, plead your case to him or anything or her or do anything like that. Just press block and move on because you are not defined by the words on the screen, by what somebody else says to you. You're not defined by that. You know, you're defined by the person that you are, how you treat people, how you love people, how you love your wife, how you love your husband or, or, or if you're in high school, how you love your uh, family, how do you love, you know, everyone that's around you. You're defined by that. You're not defined by they think or do to you um also um when you're feeling alone um and the thing that happens when you feel alone you just want to be alone um but don't be alone get around some people get around some friends get around the people that you love and you like to be around because those are the people that will push you and lift you up when you're down you know surround yourself around people like that you know, and so, um, and if you don't have those people, man, you got to find them, you know, you got to find them. You got to go to, uh, um, if you know a friend or, you know, if you have a cousin in your family that, that you went to a family party to and you know that they're, that they're cool and they, they, that that would uplift you, man, be around them more. Um, if you have somebody at your school that, um, that, that, you know, is positive, be around them, you know, be, I would say be the change that you want to, that you want to have in this world, you know? And so, good. yeah. So if, if you want to be, if you, if you want to, don't be alone, <laughs> be yeah. around people, be around people. That's good. Love it. Yeah. Thank, I mean, thank you so much. For, I, we could talk to you for five more hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. if <we're laughs> one. Yeah. We definitely, definitely could. Awesome. man. I, I would talk too if you wanted me to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you, you know, hopping on Zoom for the first time and yes, Zoom my first time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. We appreciate everything you had to say and Yes, for I'm, sure. I'm excited for our listeners yeah. to hear the comments. Yeah, man, well, like I said you're a you're a favorite of the character combine for sure. So, uh we didn't really tell anybody that you were coming on here, so it's going to be a, a nice surprise once we start posting that out there on social media. So, uh, so awesome. Uh, they're going to be excited about that. So where can they, if they don't already follow you, where can they follow you? Social media, all that stuff. Yeah. So I have a, um, a, uh, I guess a fan page because my personal page, you can't add anymore. <laughs> I just, <laughs> oh, so, um, all right. So I've been having to like, you know, delete people and then put on people. I'm like, I know I don't want to do that. So right. I send people to my fan page and I respond to everybody there. So okay. um, I got a fan page on, on Facebook, which is Mark Munoz MMA. Um, and then um, I have Instagram where it's Mark underscore Munoz. And then I have Twitter, which is the same thing at Mark underscore Munoz. And, and you hit, if you hit me up there, I'm, I'm usually, um, I'm usually, really good at getting back to you so i get back to anybody that writes to me direct messages me i try to do as much as i can to respond to comments that are on my posts or whatever and so i try to interact with people as much as i can um as much as i 
So sometimes I don't get to people and don't don't take it as a, don't take it as I'm trying to shut you out or anything like that. But yeah, uh, I only have so much time to be able to go on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Deb, yeah. where can they follow us? You guys can follow us on Twitter at Sports Character, Instagram at Character Comline, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and that's it. Right. That's it. That's it. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Mark, so much. We appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to that autobiography that's coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, right. guys. I appreciate it. You guys right, are man. awesome. Take care, man. You, you too. So we'll see you guys.